Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited tonight as we have the alternative metal bands coming on the new low momentarily. And we're going to be interviewing the bassist, Fletcher Howell, tonight from the band, who also does a lot of amazing uh, backup vocals and uh, trade-offs with the singer, Garrett. So they're going to be one of the amazing bands I've had the opportunity and pleasure to interview. Some of the bands I've had on my show include Tremonti, Trivium, Sick Puppies, Lacey Sturham, Sons of Texas, Red Sun Rising, and Shaman's Harvest, to name a few. So Please check out the podcast if you haven't checked out the live interviews and really get to know about these bands and uh, support them. A little bit about my show. I created it. I can't believe it's been almost five years. Um, I created it really with the um, perception of mind that I wanted to put something out there and help support bands, entertainers, comedians, to really help them support themselves and spread the word about who they are and what they do. Um, my background is in uh, clinical psychology. That's what I have my doctorate degree in. And I really love interviewing people. And my other passion is the entertainment industry. So I really wanted to combine these two passions and create this forum to support people and spread the word about them. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can call in tonight if you'd like at 805-243-1320. Because I'm a one-person show, I'm going to be uh, primarily honed in on this interview with Fletcher tonight, but um, feel free. I do have a chat room open. When, when we go to a break, I can check in there and see if there's any questions people have, um, and you can also call in, as I said. So let's do a nice introduction for the new low, and then we're going to uh, bring Fletcher on while we wait for him to call in. So the new low is interesting. These guys are the based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. And they feature members from a former band that they were in before titled Hearts and Hands. But it's very clear that this band illustrates that this is not the same band as Hearts and Hands, nor was it an effort to rebuild that previous band. Despite only being around for a few years, this alternative metal band is clearly making a strong impact on the music scene. And I think something that is really illustrated by what these guys um, talk about in their music is that they really talk about moving forward, never giving up, and really trying to grow as a person in all aspects of your life. And I think that's really illustrated, as I said, throughout the songs that they have on this album. Um, so Science Razor and Tie, these guys, it's a great uh, label that they're on right now. They recently released their amazing debut album, C- Continuance, and that features the hit single Burning Bridges. It's a great video. They have a video out for it, so check it out. And also uh, check out, pick up a copy of the album and be sure to check these guys out on the Warp Tour. So while we're waiting for them to call in, let's do this. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to check out one of their singles. This is titled um, Get What You Give, and it's, it's a precursor to Burning Bridges. So I think it's a pretty cool song to lead off with. So let's check it out, and we'll be back in a moment.
right, everyone, welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, that is Get What You Give. It is on the single, the new Lowe's new album that is titled Continuance. It is out now. And I highly recommend everyone pick up a copy of it. It is a phenomenal album. And also be sure to check these guys out on the Warp Tour that they are currently on. All right, so let's bring Fletcher on the air. Hey, Fletcher, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Of course. Thank you for having us. Sure, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, it's an awesome song. And uh, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, background on that song, and then I'm going to get into kind of taking us back to before the band started so we can really get into who you guys are uh, as a person and, and musicians. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you have listed there in your blog, I mean, we, we used to be primarily a, a different band. Um, right called Hearts and Hands. And uh, Get What You Give is actually a song that's, that's kind of about the, the relationship with really one specific member of Hearts and Hands that kind of led to its ultimate demise and like led us to become the new law, which has turned out to be a better scenario. Um, okay. Let's get what you give. Um, I mean, it was, it's written about, you know, just having those relationships and where, you know, negative people are, are going to try and make you negative and and you you don't have to be that way if you really want something to work you have to be the one to make it work um you're going to get Mm -hmm. out of life what you put into it and if all you're putting out there is negative energy and and just treating people poorly that's all you're really going to get back and you're going to just remain you know we really believe that if you treat people well and if you you know go out in all of your endeavors is trying to be a good person that good will come back to you that's kind of where that song played in and just trying to explain nice. that, you know, I'm, I'm here for you if you need me, but I, I can't continue to be there for you if you're going to be just terrible to me all the time. Right, right. And I think, you know, just to kind of just let you know a little bit, when I was reading about you guys yesterday and preparing the interview and doing a lot of research, I think that was one of the things that really kind of stood out to me about you guys. And, and I read it over and over again in different ways, just talking about, you know, growing as a person. And you guys were talking about not just musically, but just in all facets of your life and being that better person and making those changes. And, you know, it just really resonated with me. And I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist, actually. I don't, I don't do therapy on the air. Um, I always like to joke around a little bit, but you know, that, that really, I think hit home with me and I really could kind of empathize and appreciate with where you guys were coming from. And it was just really cool to see that. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. So let's do this. I always like to kind of, you know, do a different type of an interview a little bit. Of course, we're going to hone in on the music and signing with Razor and Tie and all that great stuff. But tell me a little bit about um, growing up in Salt Lake City as a kid. Is that where you're originally from? Uh, No, I'm actually uh, pretty new to the Salt Lake area. Um, Personally, I uh, I actually grew up in a really, really small town in Idaho called McCammon, like I think when I was growing up out there, the population was like 800. So it was you know, wow. very different vibe from Salt Lake, that's for sure. Okay. So, you know, just before you got involved in music, as a little kid, just reflecting back, you know, what were some of your interests when you were, you know, really young? Were you someone who was into sports or were you kind of more of an artistic kid that liked to draw? You know, just give us some information about yourself. I uh, I was kind of a dorky kid who didn't really, you know, I never really got into sports. I never really got into anything too crazy like I I liked you know music like from the get-go like that's that's really all that I ever really cared about um you know I was 
always like that little kid that was running around just like singing songs and you know pretending to like play household items like instruments and stuff like that. So okay, and I yeah I was just I was that obnoxious loud goofy kid who just <laughs> liked music a lot. That was always my thing. Okay, so then let's try to reflect back on what's your kind of earliest childhood memory um, with music. You know, was it something that your parents were playing in the house? Was it something you saw on TV? Like, you know, what was it that really kind of made you gravitate towards it? Uh, Honestly, it's, there wasn't really anything like that. I mean, you know, living in a really, really small town, like we, my family was very, you know, traditional small town. It's like my parents went to work, they came home, we Mm -hmm. had dinner. We did our homework, and then we went to bed, and, like, it was just kind of, like, repeat. But So there was never really, like, any, you know, a lot of, of music going on in our household or anything like that, there, but I was just always drawn to it. Um, and I just remember, like, my earliest memory with it really is is honestly just things like, you know, cartoons and, like, movies and stuff like that that would have music. I would just get, like, more hooked on the music than anything else in any of it. So it's like, okay. like you know, we're just like you know getting crazy excited about songs on like you know like The Lion King and Aladdin and stuff like that. Like that was my jam. And then, nice. Uh, okay. Just you know started uh, started like playing you know trumpet and things like that. And I was in elementary school and and then found you know bass guitar a little a couple years later and that just kind of consumed my entire life from there. Okay. And if you don't mind me asking, and again, of course, feel free to yeah. talk about what you want to, and if you're not comfortable, what did your parents do for a living <laughs> well, when yeah. you said, you know, they were just kind of working and, you know, it was kind of that traditional lifestyle? I mean, my uh, my dad was like a cable repairman for like the local phone internet company, and my mom mm-hmm. worked as a, as a clerk for the city of McCammon, so it's just like they were, my dad was, you know, he worked really long hours during the day, like really physical labor and uh, you know stuff like that, and then like my uh, my mom just worked in an office like nine to five. Right, right. And yeah. um, do you have any siblings uh, outside of you? Uh, yeah, uh, personally, I have. Uh, I'm I'm the oldest of four, so I've got two okay. sisters and a brother. Nice. Any of them interested in music? Did any did any of them take the same road as you did, or no? Not really. I mean, uh, my younger brother, you know, he, he kind of dabbles in everything. He's kind of turned into a jack of all trades, but he, uh, he got into choir, does like really good and stuff with stuff like that. And, um, played, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he primarily plays saxophone. He's kind of all over the place. He does everything, but they've, uh, they've all dabbled. They've all done their own little thing. Like my sister did dance. My, my other sister was more athletic than the rest of us, but yeah, they they all kind of dabble with everything, but none of them really dove into like full on like this is my thing now when it came to music. So. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so so as you're saying, you're you're in elementary school, you're playing trumpet, then you're getting into the bass guitar, and um, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are phenomenal. I mean, the album, and we'll get into it more later on, but it's it's just Thank you. it's it's amazing. It really is, and just to see you, you recorded in a basement, I really want to get into that too, because to me, it sounds like it's cool. Recorded in a in a big budget studio. Um, so, did you ever take any lessons with the bass, or was this something that you taught yourself? No, I mean, I I was, you know, being in a small town, like there were, you know, only a handful of kids that really got into like the same interest that I did, which was you know just music in general. But um, all the uh, all of my friends that were into it were a few years older than me. Uh, we had one of our friends' dad was a guitarist. I grew up in California. 
like kind of came up in like you know the the 80s like hair metal and he just picked up guitar and just kind of stuck with it so he had a couple of guitars and amps in his garage and you know so naturally his son got to become the the guitarist um his uh cousin that was another one of our friends picked up the drums because of it and i just kind of got you know i was the younger kid so i got kind of cast like the role of the uh the whatever bass player it's like well we okay. need a bass player so that can be you and um so I just got like this really crappy bass and like just kind of went for it. Like I remember from like day one, like just playing it in, like it just felt awesome. Like it just, it felt natural and it felt really just real. So I just, it right. just stuck like from day one, like picked up a guitar a few times here and there, but it just never really felt as cool as bass did, which I don't really know why. Cause it's mm-hmm. not always that case for most people, but it's, I just really like the instrument, so I just kind of stuck with it. Nice. That's great. And so how old were you about now when you were kind of dabbling with the, the friends and the cousins and everyone in the garage and uh, starting to play? Probably would have been about when I started getting to, like, you know, actually playing bass and, like, just, you know, getting out of whatever music and really, like, kind of getting more into, like, punk rock and things like that. I was probably about 12. Okay. Okay. And what were some of the bands, Fletcher, at that time that – you know, you said punk rock, so what were some of the bands that were, you guys were listening to and that were inspiring you? Um, well, uh, not only for me, but I think for most guys in the band, I, I know that, like, bands like Blink-182, Green Day, um, things like that, like, really kind of made it more accessible and more fun to be in, like, those, that kind of music. And, um, like, bands like New Fun Glory as well, who are currently on the tour with us as well, which is insane, but. Bands like nice. that, I think, got most of us really started, at least for myself and Garrett especially. Like, we really got into, like, that kind of music because of those kinds of bands. Okay, okay. And it's interesting. I mean, I, I can, you know, hear little influences of that. But, you know, your stuff, I don't, gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. And I think that's a good thing in a way. I mean, it's definitely rock. It's definitely, you know, metal. It's alternative a little bit. But it's just really catchy at the same time. So I think it that really kind of draws people in in terms of the melodies you guys okay. use and the hooks and yeah so yeah it's, it's great stuff it really is so how did you so were you would you say you were a kid that liked school were you kind of like a student or no school was uh, not your thing <laughs> school was uh school was definitely one of those things that i i went there for kind of more of the social aspect but i i hated school okay. like i hated class i liked being there with okay. my friends i liked hanging out but um you know, it was just always waiting for, yeah, waiting for, like, my music classes to start. That's all I ever cared about was, like, the classes that I took that involved music. Okay. Okay. So after school, in terms of, did you go on to any type of vocational school or pursue college or no? Um, no, I mean, I've I've kind of just focused all of my time since high school just really trying to make music work. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. Okay. I've uh, started started going into like barbering school for a while there, um, and then I got a tour offer and, and dropped out. <laughs> it's just like okay. It, okay. there's always something that takes me on to music, and and I can't get away from it, and I'm not complaining about that at all. Nice, nice. So what times, you know, as you're getting into music, like you said, you wanna you wanna pursue this as a career. What types of jobs did you have in the past while you're you know, getting yourself up and running and we're going to then start getting into bands that you were in and how you met Garrett and all that good stuff. So what types of oh, you know, things did you do in the past? 
I mean, we've, uh, I think we've all kind of dabbled in just like, you know, all the entry level stuff. Like my first job in high school was like working fast food. Like that's how I bought like my first base, my first amp and everything mm-hmm. like that. And then, um, been like into, you know, retail customer service and call centers and stuff like that ever since. But yeah, just trying to make, you know, find jobs that, you know, let me do what I wanted to do, but also let me uh, make decent enough money to where I could afford to tour and stuff like that. Right. Well, definitely the flexibility you guys need to, like you said, pursue music at the level that you're doing it at. So that's yeah. great if you can find stuff like that to fulfill that area. Um, okay. So talk a little bit about um, any other bands that you were in before Hearts and Hands. Was there anything else you guys were involved in before you really got into that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually how Garrett and I met, was through our old bands. Um, Garrett used to be in a band um, called Becoming Everest, which was with um, Pablo, who now drums for for uh, Chelsea Grand, and then um, just a, a couple of friends from Utah and things like that that are all still, for the most part, doing music stuff, which is awesome. And then I was in a like a band with just some friends from Idaho, um, and we we tried really hard to like just do that as much as possible. We were touring a lot and just on really small like DIY scale. Like mm-hmm. it's really fun, but there's absolutely zero <laughs> like reward for it. Um Right. And uh we played like a few shows with uh with Garrett's old band and you know, we, we would end up talking to each other just like, Yeah, like you know, you're great singing, I love what you guys do. We should you know, we should do some stuff together sometime and we kind of talked about it over like a couple of years and never really did anything. And then um, when I ended up moving to Utah, um, Garrett was starting, a, you know, hearts and hands up and was like, Hey, we need a bass player and some somebody who can do backing vocals and whatnot. And that's, uh, you know, those two different bands that we were in before just kind of melded into what was hearts and hands okay. for a little bit there. And that's, that's kind of how I came into it. So, Nice. Yeah. And what um, what real quick special? What led you to move out to Utah? Was there something else besides like was it just the music situation or what else was going on that you decided to move there? Oh, it was just music. I mean, where I lived in Idaho, okay. there was nothing going on. I'd been there for a while, and mm-hmm. it was very clear. It's like if I wanted to keep doing it, I right. I had to make a change in my life that was primarily just where I was located. So Salt Lake, I loved the scene there, loved all the dudes there that I, I know that play music. And just decided I needed to be, cool. you know, more a part of that. That's great. That's great. And how did your family feel about, were they supportive of you, you know, making this transition and pursuing this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I moved out, like, as soon as I was legally able to do so. Got, like, a really cool relationship with my with my family. But I uh, I've always, you know, never I've never really relied on them for a whole lot more than like the occasional like just support like as soon as I could be on my own I've been, kind of been on my own so I don't even know nice. if my parents even knew that I was moving to Salt Lake until I already did it <laughs> so it's just oh, no. things like <laughs> and that you know weekly phone call just like yeah I'm in Salt Lake it's like oh what are you doing there it's like oh I moved here it's like oh right <laughs> one of those things right well, that's good it sounds like like you said it sounds like you guys have a good relationship and they're supportive of you and that's just so important especially when you're you know pursuing a career in this you know Absolutely. realm that can be challenging yeah definitely no, there's, 
they get it for sure. Like they understand that definitely seen a lot of work and they've seen a lot of failure and they've seen, you know, some recent success and they're just excited about it as I am. It's cool. That's great. Well, like you guys say, I mean, it's really about pushing forward and the hard work and persevering and it, it will pay off if you keep doing it. Um, it's great. It's really great. So, okay. So you move out there, you're with Garrett now, and then this is around what, 2012 ish that hand hearts and hands starts to form and come together? Um, it was about 2013 where, where I jumped into the mix. Uh, Hearts had done, like, their first EP um, where it was Garrett and then Alex Kohler and their previous guitarist. And, um, okay. you know, they that had found, like, a great deal of success, like, more than they anticipated. So it was just like, hey, we should do like, a full-length record. And they had just finished recording that right like they, I think Garrett got home like a few days before he had asked me to like to come and try out for the band and everything like that um, okay. from recording the full-length record. So they, full, they recorded my own machine, got home, talked to me, had me come out, and the rest is, just kind of went. Okay, okay. So you guys basically, yeah. did you pretty much go on tour right away and start promoting the album? Uh, yeah, right away. I mean, I, I joined the band, and uh, about a month later we were on the road. Um, wow. Which was awesome. And so how, yeah, it's great. How long was the band together? Cause you know, when I was reading about you guys, it sounds like you guys started to, I don't know if it was late 2013. I mean, how long, it didn't seem like it was a huge extension of time that you guys were together before the new lows started to come together. Yeah. I mean, we, we started touring in, uh, in late 2013. We, we made okay. it a tour and a half. I mean, it's, it was just, the the chemistry with the people that were there just was bad. We had wow, you know, oh. this. Uh, it's it's all good. I mean, it's it was no, I know it is it nuisance. is what it is. It was it's, one of those things where it was unfortunate. Yeah. It's it's really hard to to be given an opportunity to do what you always have wanted to do since as long as you can remember, and then there's just one person who has this terrible oh. attitude about everything and just. I mean, we, we genuinely questioned as to whether or not we wanted to play music at all. So it was a really hard situation to be in. But uh, obviously it, it ended up for the better. It just took a lot of really rebuilding what we had done as Hearts and Hands in that short period of time. and Kind of going back and, and recreating the wheel. Right. It, it, like I said before, there, it turned out for the absolute best case scenario. Right. And, and you guys you know, hit a point, it sounded like, where, you know, were you questioning after Hearts and Hands kind of started to dissolve if if you were going to move forward with music or with, with each other? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and it's actually really funny because we were on Hearts and Hands' second U.S. tour, um, and we had just played at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, and uh, that's where, you know, the meltdown the incident, as, as we oftentimes refer to it as jokingly, like really oh, happened. Gosh. I mean, that's where everything just kind of came to a culmination. You know, it, it got bad. Um, Garrett and I and our, our merch guy, uh, Stabby, we got left in Las Vegas in the parking lot of the Hard Rock while, uh, you know, our old guitar player just took the van and everything just oh, left. Oh, my gosh. He just abandoned you guys at that here? rate. Yeah, um, which honestly, we were kind of excited. It was like, (laughs) 
it was so bad being with him. I mean, we had gone on a tour and we lost our drummer after the first tour. Um, we almost lost our other guitar player a couple of times here and there throughout the process. Obviously there's two of them. And, uh, I mean, everyone was just on the verge of quitting all the time. Like everyone was just like, I'm going home. Like, I don't want to be around you anymore. Like this is the worst. So he, uh, he left and again, us in I Vegas. Right. And I don't want to get into the dynamics unless you feel comfortable, but you know, was it, was it, are we talking about kind of an ego narcissism type of thing going on? That was just like a power (laughs) type of struggle. I mean, again, I'm just kind of fishing around. I'm just with my background, but it's okay. Yeah. I can tell (laughs) that's totally all right. I'm the same way. Uh, That's exactly what it was. I mean, we, we had someone who by the book was sociopath. Just wow. the, in the dictionary, you you find these character traits that are just right. word for word. Right. We were just dealing with that all like twenty four seven. Like nothing was ever good enough. Like everything that we did was just awful, and we were just stupid. And it was it was just like an abusive relationship. I mean, it's it's like being with somebody who who verbally belittles you and just goes out of the way to like physically hurt people. It's just like it was. It was a bad scenario. Um, so That's it's like a when shame. we did like, get left in that parking lot, it was awesome. It was like this weight off of our shoulders. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god! Like we can, like we're free. Like <laughs> it was like, right. yeah. I can't really think of any other wow. way to describe it other than like just freedom. Like, right. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's crazy. But like guys, you said, I think you guys, yeah. you really, you know, had a good, you had a good head on your shoulders where, you know, you took this scenario and you kind of reframed it and said, this is what we need to do differently. And we're going to, like you said, revamp and rebuild and, and move on. So go ahead. Yeah. No, and as I was saying there, as, as far as that goes, we took about two years, you know, to really get everything back up and running. Like we, we took a couple of months tried to decide if we wanted to keep making music at all. It was just like, you know what, maybe I'll just go to school. Like, maybe I'll just do whatever, because that sucked. And if that's what music is, then I don't want to do it. <laughs> and Sure, sure. And, you know, a couple months off, you know, of Gary and I kind of, like, toying with, like, ideas of maybe keeping the band going or maybe doing another project or solo stuff. Um, we ended up finding Hiram. And uh, Hiram came into the mix and, you know, just kind of reminded us that music is fun. Like we were just, we just all started kind of jamming ideas back and forth through email or like things like that. And it's just like, we were having fun with music and really enjoying the process of keeping hearts and hands going. So, you know, we ultimately did the record, sat on it for a while, waited to release it. And now a little over two years later, we're, uh, we're actually in Las Vegas again right now for the first time as a band. Um, about oh, wow. to play the Hard Rock Hotel tomorrow. So the last time we were all here was at the Hard Rock on the Strip, and um, that's where it all fell apart. And here we are today talking about that story in Vegas again. So wow, what's the irony world, of that? Cool to see how those things pan out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's no PTSD, right? Cycle. You're not you're not having any post traumatic stress right now, right? You're okay. I'm no, just joking around it's, with you. It's, uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we've, we've faced all of those things and we've, right. we've definitely kind of, right. you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun story now. It's just like, look at what we overcame and look at where we are now. So Yeah. And it's, it's nice that you could, I think the biggest thing is, and, and 
I've done music, and the, the biggest problem I ever had was finding the right members. And eventually, I just said enough is enough, and I kind of went off on more of a solo artist route. But that was the biggest problem yeah. was just I would try out tens of I can't even tell you how many people, and it was yeah, it was more of the personality disordered stuff or. The more talented they were, the crazier they got. You know, it was just, yeah, (laughs) I can totally empathize and relate to you. And I think that's, it's not the talent. It's finding the people that have the same goals and like-minded direction. And, you know, I think you know what what that's about. Um, I I think that most musicians that, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, I think most musicians that are worth their salt are, are, are all crazy in our own special way. And it's just finding people that, you know, that you can find their, their craziness for the most part endearing. And that's that's something we have in this project, that we're all definitely weird and just super strange right, dudes. Right, okay. We all kind of like that about each other. It's nice. Well, right. I think there's, yeah, I think there's a happy medium with, right, you can be kind of idiosyncratic and strange, but, but be a good person, like you're saying. I think that's what it comes down to, yeah. just being a nice, decent, you know, individual that cares about people and, right, and wants to see the best for everyone. So so listen to this, because I think, yeah, I think um, let's talk about Burning Bridges, because I think this would be a good kind of transition, because that song also, you know, kind of pulls together what you've been talking about with, you know, becoming stronger and moving on. So tell us a little bit about the the background on that song, and then we'll check it out. Uh, Well, Burning Bridges is 100% about, you know, hearts and hands falling apart in Las Vegas. It's, that's what that song is literally about. I started writing that song the day that we got home um, from Vegas. Just, you know, just having somebody who's just super negative all the time and, and finally coming to the point where it's just like, I'm not going to be a part of it anymore. Like you, you don't have any control over me. Like, I've tried to make this relationship work, and you're you're just a, a toxic human being, and we're not going to have it. So that's uh, that's what the Burning Bridges was actually originally titled The New Low. Um, and uh, that song title hit us so hard and like everything that we had to go through to come to, you know, putting that song together vocally, especially what all of that meant to us hit so hard at home for us that it couldn't just be a song title. It couldn't just be a a one-time story about one scenario where somebody tried to ruin our lives and we wouldn't allow it. We right. kind of had to, to take that and make it a bigger thing. So, in short, Burning Bridges is about people trying to, to hold you back and not letting it happen. Okay, definitely. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal first release in terms of putting that single out with this one. So, uh, yes, let's do this. I'll put you on hold, Fletcher, and we'll check it out, and then we'll come back. Cool. All right, great. Hold on. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to Fletcher, the bassist from The New Low, and he's also one of the vocalists. And we're going to check out their hit single, Burning Bridges. It is off of their album, Continuance, that is out now, and I highly recommend everyone check it out and pick up a copy. And once again, be sure to also check out their social media pages and um, hopefully get to a show on the Warp Tour and see these guys live. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Here we go with Burning Bridges.
appreciate that yeah definitely definitely i mean the album is just it really is solid i mean every song i think has its own kind of uniqueness to it but everything also gels so well um really does you guys are very talented songwriters so tell us a little bit about um how did you guys hook up with uh, razor and tie what's the story behind them because i've i've interviewed so many of their bands and personally i have to say they are just really awesome label i mean just a great group of professional people and pleasure to work with no, they've been absolutely awesome. Um, the, we uh, we had some ties with Razor through uh, back when we were doing the Hearts and Hands thing. Um, Hearts was signed to uh, to Ardor Recordings, which used to be some of an of an imprint uh, with Razor and Tie. So okay. right around the time that the Artery and Razor were, you know, their contract was coming to a close, they were kind of like going off to do their own separate things. Was about the same time that Hearts was kind of, you know, falling apart, and we were trying to get all of our stuff figured out. So we didn't know if we were going to try and stick with Razor or if we were going to try and stick with Artery or if we were going to break up and go do other stuff or if we were going to shop elsewhere. Um, but, uh, you know, Razor, you know, our project manager over there had shown some interest and, and, you know, made it clear that he would like to hear what we had going on just because, you know, our former guitarist definitely – he made an effort to, to let everybody in our circle know that the reason that that was a band and why we were any good is because of him. So it was definitely <laughs> a lot of, you know, trying to restore relations and right. assure them just like, like, Hey, like we're still a band, even though this guy's no longer around. Um, so it's just, we, uh, you know, we had a lot to prove and I, uh, we had been working on the record and uh, we were talking to our, our manager, you know, like, what's going to be the best move? Like, should we try and stick with Razor? Like, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we, we, when we were in the studio recording continuance, um, we, we, we decided just for fun that we were going to record a cover of uh, Elastic Heart by Sia. 
that song had come nice. out while we were in the studio. And that music video just, like, floored us. Like, mm-hmm. so we, we had to, you know, kind of put our own touch on it. And we sent them that, you know, the unmastered version of that cover that we did. And I, I just remember it being, like, this resounding, like, yep, like, you guys need to stay with us kind of thing. Because, nice. you know, frankly, they didn't really know what to to expect from us. I mean, we didn't have any real personal relationship with the people at Razor and Tie yet. But um, I think it was definitely that Sia cover that made them go, okay, yeah, you guys can stay with with us if you want to do it. And we loved what they'd been doing. Um, we definitely liked what they had to offer on the table. And um, since then, we've we developed a really cool relationship with those guys, and they absolutely crush it. They're awesome. That's great. Yeah, and I just want to thank Claire Reynolds again because I booked tons of uh, interviews with her. I've booked uh, bands such as Red Sun Rising and uh, yeah. Holy White Hounds, so many different great bands off of the uh, label. So that's great. That's great that you guys are with them. I think it's a perfect fit for you guys. No, Claire rules. They all rule. Love those guys. Yeah, definitely. So this is – I wanted to ask you this question because I think, you know, I always hear this out there. You know, you have to – you know, put out your album in a big budget studio with some huge producer name on it, or you're not going to get anywhere. So it was, again, just really kind of comforting and cool to see when I read that the album was actually recorded in a basement and and the sound was just phenomenal. I was just like, no, that's not true. And I've always, you know, (laughs) I always kind of like that do it yourself type of thing too. That's just how I am as a person. So I like to kind of do things that way. But what's your, you know, what's your impression if you hear someone say that, were you concerned about, you know, not going into some big studio or something and having some major, you know, producer on it. I just want to kind of hear from your perspective, you know, being at the level you're at now. Well, I mean, we, uh, we don't agree with that. I mean, it's, it's, we wanted to have full control of where this record went. And when you go into a big studio mm-hmm. like that, you're going to lose that. Um, right. Which for a lot of artists is a good thing. Um, it's, it's really good for a lot of artists to have, you know, their talent really be molded by somebody else and have somebody else, you know, be helping with ideas. That's great. With this particular record, we didn't want to do that at all. Uh, we wanted to really prove what we could do. And uh, As far as songwriting goes, we felt fully confident. We, we had a lot to say. We had a lot of, you know, emotions and, and different things that we wanted to convey musically and lyrically and vocally. And, um, between the songwriting abilities we already have and Hiram's skills, you know, as an engineer and a producer, I mean, that's, he absolutely crushes it. He's great at what he does. He's just a song making machine. And he, he really made that process even easier than we anticipated. Um, But I mean, we, we wanted to capture everything that was us and nothing else. And, I kind of feel like that comes through in the record, and I think that's a lot of what a lot of people like about it is that it it doesn't sound like you know you know there are certain producers in our scene where you hear the record and then you find out who produced it. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. We right. didn't want that, and I don't <laughs> right. think we have it. And I think that if we would have tried to go to like when you know one of those you know, big name producers in our scene, mm-hmm. we it would have come out as a different project. Maybe that'll be cool for a future record, but for the time being, it's, we got what we wanted and we're very, very happy with it. 
Yeah, and I mean, personally, I don't think you'd have to even go down that road the next time around when you do your next album, because it was, it is, and it it was that good. So, yeah, I think only the second one can be even hopefully better. I don't even know. I mean, it's just, it's really great. So, yeah, well, I just wanted to kind of get that like across. It. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I've been listening to it nonstop. But I want to get that across to the audience, too, because I think, you know, people are, are pulled in by this perception. I mean, I've even been dabbling and, and writing stuff again and, you know, met some pretty big people who said, no, 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 you can't put that out like that. That's not going to get anywhere. And it's something really good I have. And it's just like, no, you got to, you got to re-record it in a huge budget studio. You know, and it's like, I don't, I don't agree with that, you know? So it's cool to hear you being on a similar page. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's so easy to get your hands on equipment that can do what you know a big studio would right. do for you at least emulate it closely i mean you, you can you can get pretty close to the same results with you know a fraction of the budget and it's been that way for a while i mean that's that's why our scene is so saturated i mean it's every right. everybody can do it and the uh the real cool part i think is when you is when you can come across with a record that's actually really good even no matter where you recorded it and then also pull it off live. That's that's personally my favorite thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it's one thing that I really liked about this band, too, is that I feel like we do a good job of conveying our, our record uh, in a live setting as well. So you don't have to spend a billion dollars to get a good song. That's just a silly mindset, in my opinion. Right, right. So... Tell us a little bit about it. I always like to kind of get into, I, I'm very artistic and stuff. So the album cover, I, I think it's it's really cool. It's very simple, you know, with this kind of arrow that's kind of distressed and kind of a reddish burgundy color pointing downwards. You know, tell us a little bit about why you chose to put that out there as kind of symbolism, it looks like, and, and what the relevance is behind that. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, the the arrow itself is something that we, we got really excited about. Um, I mean, we've always wanted to have like kind of a logo that we can fall back on and just be able to slap that logo on anything and have people un- like recognize it as like mm-hmm. all the logo. Um, and we, I mean, we all try to be pretty creative people too as as well. But when it comes to things like that, I think that most people kind of overthink what they're trying to do and everything has to be a lot more heavy handed and, you know, everything has to have like these little subtle things and it's just like, that's that's kind of how we are. We're, we pick it apart until it's dead. And right. um, my girlfriend actually is the one who's just like, why don't you just do like a, an arrow pointing down? And we're all just like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's brilliant. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with the album cover, we wanted to have something that was really basic and really simple because, you know, all these other bands just tend to put so much stuff on their album mm-hmm. cover where it, it just kind of gets lost in the mix. We wanted to just really, really drive that logo home, and it's, uh, you know, we we just did it. It turned out neat. Right. So, and what is so the relevance of this arrow pointing downwards? Is it, you know, the, the new low? I guess, yeah, tie in together a little bit how you came up with that name, the new low. I know you said that that was originally related to Burning Bridges, and you kind of pulled it yeah. out of that, correct? To, yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah, and... Um, with that, I mean, the new low itself is, you know, we, we kind of summarize it in that you can take your lows, your low point in life when you either have the opportunity to roll over and die or 
mm-hmm. get up and become a, a better and stronger person than you were before. Like we wanted to take that concept because it's always re- revered as like a really negative thing. Like, Oh, like you've reached, you know, you've reached a new low. You've, you've heard that phrase at least sometimes gotcha. at some point in your mm-hmm. life. And we kind of wanted to take that and kind of ironically make it a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like you've reached a new low. So it's like, okay, cool. We'll know what comes next. Do you stay at that low or do you allow the circumstances that brought you here and the bad things that happened? Do you allow them to shape you into something better? And right. that's what we did not only musically, but, you know, in our own personal lives as well, when everything happened that way, I mean, we had taken everything that we loved and we were at a point where we were questioning whether or not we really loved it because of how bad things had gotten. And um, we weren't about to just allow that to go away. We weren't going to let our passion die because, you know, the last year of our lives had almost taught us that we didn't love it as much as we thought. Mm -hmm. So that's where the name came from. Just getting back up and when you get knocked down and, and being better and we wanted a logo that would just represent that. And obviously an arrow pointing down can pretty easily symbolize just love. Right, right. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah, really cool. So, yeah, to, like, tie some things up, and then we'll, of course, promote the Warp Tour, which I know is kind of be, going to be winding down soon. You know, tell us a little bit about outside of music. I know that's kind of first and foremost what you guys do, but, you know, is there any interesting hobbies each of you guys have? And if there is, you know, tell us a little bit about what you guys like to do when you're on tour, when you have some downtime? Uh, honestly, we're all pretty lame. <laughs> I mean, we, no. we spend well, do you so much sports? of our time. Anything? Uh, some of us do. I mean, Garrett's a, a huge sports guy. Giant. Just, okay. Like, especially like what Denver Broncos. Like? He's uh, Denver Broncos is his thing. Like, that's his okay. number one. Like, he's missed a show. Or rather, the first song in our set because he was watching a Denver Broncos game before. Like, <laughs> that's uh, that's his thing. Okay. Um, I mean, for me personally, like, music just kind of takes up everything. If I'm not playing music, I'm, I'm doing something on, like, you know, on the back end, like, trying to think of, like, stuff for, like, how to progress the band on, like, our social medias or, like, dealing with labels and things like that. But that's kind of my thing. Um Hiram, same way. Like, he's 24-7 music. Uh, Chris is the same. Chris is, uh, you know, he's he's got, you know, there's a lot on his plate back home work-wise. We all do. Like, we all keep really busy just trying to keep the band afloat. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, we're, we're really all just 24-7 music. Like, we don't go okay. out and we don't play golf. We don't, you know, we don't go off and go camping together or anything like that there. Like, we spend a lot of time together. We spend a lot of time just working. Like, it's kind of, it's an all-the-time thing for us these days. Okay. Well, that's that's definitely appreciated. Um, yeah, so, so tell us what's in the store. How has the Warped Tour been going? You know, comment a little bit on that and uh, and what's going to be in store for you guys after the uh, the run with that ends. Well, it's, uh, Warps has been awesome. I mean, we we came about it with, you know, high hopes, but no expectations. And, um, like, even with the high hopes that we did have, I think we've been pleasantly surprised at every single show. Like, this is our first tour right after our first record came out. 
we anticipated playing in front of nobody. Like maybe some people would walk by and and give it a good hand bob and then walk on or something else. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where we just had no idea what to expect. And every single day on the tour has been just shocking at how well received it's been. Uh, I mean, our our 12th show ever as a band, we we played like the main stage at Warped. Like, I mean, we we're just trying to turn as many heads as possible, and I feel like we're we're doing a pretty good job with that. We're just trying to just have a good time with it and grow with it. And, you know, it's it's a really weird tour to do as your first tour. Um, you know, a lot of bands have to be at it for a, a long while. They're doing club tours or what have you before they really get the opportunity to play warp tours. So we've been very lucky. Um, That's great. It's, it's just taking five guys who have no idea what to expect and then throwing them into the most, you know, rewarding, definitely, but also most grueling tour out there. I mean, we're, we're doing warped in a van and just really kind of figuring it all out as we go. But it's been great. Absolutely super bummed out that it ends in four shows. Really sad about that. Aww. Yeah. But that's awesome. But, uh, that's, it sounds like it's been a great experience and, and really giving you a lot of exposure and people are definitely taken to you guys. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. And that's that's the dream. I mean, it's, it's to have an opportunity to do a tour like this and, and be put in front of people who don't know who you are and at the end of the day to have them walk out and say they really enjoy what you did, like, that's the goal. And it's one that we've accomplished pretty well, I feel like. So that we, we, uh, we've taken full advantage of that. And we we're looking forward to the next four shows on the tour to, to keep that up. And hopefully we'll be back nice. next year. That's what we're, we're wanting to do. We'll, uh, nice. we'll see. Yes, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, after what's where we, go ahead. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Sorry. We uh, we definitely want to tour this fall. Um, we uh, where we I mean, we started Warp Tour with no booking agent. Unfortunately, we we just didn't really have a good connect there. We hadn't done anything, so why would frankly why would anybody sign on for that? Just like a band that's never toured before, never released a record. We don't know what first week looked like. We didn't know anything. So we started Warp with no booking agent. Not really sure what was going to happen next. And um, Everything's come out really well with the record release, and we've been pretty well received on the tour. Um, so it's it's all in talks right now. It's, we don't have anything officially lined up for the fall yet, but we will have something. We just have to <laughs> lock everything in and figure out what nice. else is going to work best. Nice. That's great. Yeah, so Fletcher, I mean, again, it's, it's a phenomenal uh, first album, and uh, it's having some great success. And I just want to continue to wish you guys much success with the album and upcoming tours and always offer you to come back on the show when you guys have some new stuff coming out in the future. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on tonight and doing this nice in-depth interview. And I always say that there'll be a podcast available. So anyone who didn't tune in, they could always download it off of iTunes for free. Um, all of my uh, podcasts are up there. Excellent. Yeah. So. Yeah, and again, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I mean, the other guys are all off getting ready for the show tomorrow, but I uh, I got to hang back in the hotel and, and talk on the phone, so I, I, I thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, absolutely, Fletcher. So again, much success to you guys and the band, and uh, I look forward to Thanks. keeping a lookout for you, and hopefully you'll come back on at some point in the future with some new stuff. 
Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much and have a great night. You do the same. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, Fletcher from The New Low. And uh, for some reason you tuned in late to the show, you can check out the podcast. It'll be available after it's over to stream or download. So great interview with these guys. Some really cool music that they have out there. And as we said, they're winding down the Warp Tour. So uh, try to check out one of the last four shows that they have. But sounds like they will have much in store in the future, too. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Um, please follow the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where you can see all of my upcoming shows and interviews and more. And it's always great to meet new people, so you can befriend me on Facebook. Uh, find one of my personal pages. I have two of them out there. Uh, find the one that's not maxed out. Send me a friend request. Also, I have Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will also follow you back. And, yeah, we've got, uh, we got some upcoming bands, nothing I've set in stone yet. i got to solidify a few more interviews with some management and different labels that I'm working with, but there's going to be some good stuff coming up. But, once again, there's over 200 interviews that I've done. Every interview is unique and different. I really try to take people on an interesting journey um, with the life of the band or the artist or comedian, whoever it is that I'm interviewing, and really do to a creative and different interview. I'm, not someone who asks cookie cutter questions and I really do a lot of research. So if you really want to learn about these artists and these bands, comedians, filmmakers, and other entertainers, uh, kindly go to iTunes or my blog talk radio page and uh, download the uh, podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight and have a great night.